coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say. There's a couple of really fun names to say. I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece. Let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 32nd episode of Bruin Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker. Before we get started on just the introduction here and to discuss how this episode will go, uh, I would just again like to thank Chris and Kristen Martin for coming on the last episode and just sharing their story and sharing about their nonprofit way to battle the importance and the impact of battle pups and just how great their family is and just how inspiring Brady is. It seems like they are continuing to touch the lives of both young and old and just allowing everyone to remember that, you know, they're not alone and they're going to brighten your day with a, with a stuffed pup. So Thank you to the both of them. If you guys haven't been able to listen to that episode, I strongly recommend that you do. Uh, again, it's not really for me. It's more so for them and for Way to Battle. And it might be indirectly for you, too, uh, if you're going through a tough time yourself. So uh, please go back and listen to that one if you have not. It was very special, and it was an honor for me to have them. And uh, they just they continue to do great work. So thank you to the Martins. But as we move on here to episode 32, the way I introduced the last episode was I was going to have for three episodes a little bit of a series about how my day went on January the 29th. Well, I've thrown a little bit of an audible in to the playbook today because I was trying to get Cameron Babb on this episode for him to really share his story because I feel a little bad that I'm going to share parts of his story when it's not really mine. So instead of sharing his story and trying to get it all correct, I'll share parts of it, but it's the parts that moved me and how it really touched me. And again, how it changed my life. So it's going to be instead of two episodes where this would be the Cam Bab episode. And then the next one would be about this gentleman named Jordan. I'm just going to finish off January 29th on this episode here today on February the 24th. But then after today, we'll, we'll get back to kind of the regular type of programming. We'll get back to some less serious and a little bit more funny and have different people on. So if you're maybe a little annoyed that it's just going to be me today, I, I apologize in advance, but as my gift to you for maybe sticking with me here and being patient with me, I will at least tell you a little bit about happy blank day. How about that? So today, February the 24th, which I find funny because I just had this conversation on Sunday. It was at brunch with a friend of mine after church. Uh, she's in my small group. We went and got, it was breakfast, but it was for lunch. So brunch. And she asked the waitress for a straw for her water. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Here's one. And then she asked me if I would like one. I don't use straws. Uh, I take them because they give them to me. And I put them in my drink and then I fold the straw over and drink out of the cup. Because personally, I think you can get more out of it by drinking it without the straw and it's more efficient. So I'm all about efficiency. But today is National Skip the Straw Day. 
Apparently, I honor and celebrate this day all year, but is National Skip the Straw Day, so I highly recommend you go out and celebrate that today after your day of work is done. And also, if you go out and celebrate, keep in mind that it is Friday now in Lent, so a lot of you out there cannot eat meat. Hopefully, you're giving up something, but hopefully, you're not giving up being nice to the bartenders because it is World Bartender Day. So be nice to the bartenders, tip them very nicely, and be respectful. All right, that's how I uh, make you at least a little bit happier that it, it's just me on. So if you're expected Pode or someone else to share some funny stories, you're going to have to wait just one more week. But there's your happy blank days for February the 24th. So again, how today's episode is going to go, I'm going to try to make it somewhat short just because personally I feel a little like I'm just talking about myself and after a while I get uncomfortable if it's just me talking. But I was brought up and raised Catholic, and I, and I think part of how I was taught, maybe through the church, was that your relationship with God and just your walk in faith is a private thing. And it's kind of like your finances or who you voted for. You just keep it to yourself. Uh, as I've gotten older and I've grown hopefully more mature and more mature in my faith and closer to God, hopefully, too, I've learned that's incorrect. I've learned that we as Christians are designed for community, and we are also designed to bring others to Christ. I think Cam Bab is a great example of that. But I also think that you should share, and you should be open about your faith, and not in a pushy way, but just in a way to hopefully help others. And over the years, I've probably been going to a more contemporary church for probably 10 years now, and it's taken a while for me to feel this comfortable doing so, but I just feel like what that day, January the 29th, meant to me, hopefully can help somebody else. So this isn't uh, prop up brew day, and with the same intent that Cam Babb had in sharing his testimony, he was hoping to reach and touch one person with his story. Again, that's kind of my purpose here. So I'm going to try to keep it somewhat short and concise. Uh, I'll do my best. I don't know what short and concise means. I, I just think there's enough here uh, to share that could be helpful to someone. So if you are feeling lost or stuck or there's something going on in your family or you're fighting to find the next new job that will actually give you some energy or maybe you're just depressed. Uh, hopefully this can speak to you. So again, it was a pleasure to have Chris and Kristen on last week to share part of a very special January the 29th day, but they were the middle of two other parts of a very special day. So the rest of the episode is going to be just the parts of Cam Bab and his story and his testimony that really connected me closer, I think, to God, because I really needed it at that point. And then a gentleman by the name of Jordan who really, as I said, if Cam and Chris and Kristen with their son Brady's story, if they couldn't really get me closer and, and convict me to get closer with God, then Jordan sealed the deal. So I'm just going to share the rest of that day. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook just because I, I think it's it's self-serving, frankly, and their algorithms are awful. <laughs> 
but they got it right once, and it was on Facebook about a church named Gateway Church. And this was one day I'm just scrolling, trying to kill time, and I see this advertisement on Facebook. It says a meet and greet with Cameron Babb at Gateway Church. And it told me the date, told me the times. And as you guys might know already, I knew the story of Cameron Babb, the football player, and the ACLs. But I was really intrigued and interested to hear about Cameron Babb, the person, but more so Cameron Babb, the Christian. I think we all know about C.J. Stroud. I think we all know about his walk with Christ and how great he is as a Christian, in my opinion. And I think he's very open and very honest and sharing uh, his faith. And I think that's what we're called to do. And Cam is doing this as well. And that advertisement allowed me to at least be aware of this. And I I had to go. I would like to say before I go any further, if anyone thinks that I went just to maybe get his autograph, he would be incorrect. I truly wanted to go from a faith standpoint to hear his story because I, I think I needed a faith pick-me-up personally. It was nice that you had the chance to meet him, and I brought a couple of photos as a just-in-case, but my main initiative here was to not add to my collection. Just want to be honest with that. I walk into this church. It's it's a lot smaller church than I was used to here that I, that I went to prior uh, to seeing Cam at Gateway Church, but just because it was a smaller church than I was used to didn't mean it wasn't a great place. I, I walked in. Uh, a lot of very nice people there. They had a great like presentation for him. It was set up very nice. They had scarlet and gray balloons. All of what looked to be the staff there was dressed in Ohio State. Uh, they had tables set up in the back with, again, more balloons and Ohio State tablecloths with cookies and drinks. And uh, it, it was just very comfortable. It was a very comfortable feeling. Uh, but after I left my church service, it was at 9 a.m. I went with my family like I usually do. Um it's funny how you look back on what you then realize to be great days and moving special days in your life and what you remember and what you then notice, but maybe you didn't really recognize to be important at the time. But when I was at my church and before the service started, they always just have music playing. And I heard the song, God Turn It Around. And I noticed that because I'd only heard that song probably once or twice when things were going maybe a little bit better in my life. And it was Maybe a little more nostalgia behind the song, but I thought it was cool just that I recognized the song at my church. But then when I walked into Gateway Church, I heard it in their uh, music before the service, and I just I thought that was neat, and I thought that might have been just something more than just a coincidence. Let's say it that way. Uh, but again, as I heard that song, I uh, walked in, and I did partake in a cookie and had a water, and uh, as I sat in the back, as I usually do when I began my church shopping, I always try to, and I don't know why I do this, but I always try to not be noticed or blend in. And I've always sat towards the back. That's more so because I don't like having stuff going on behind me and me not knowing about it. But also, I, I just I kind of want to get in, uh, see what it's about, not really talk to anybody, and then when it's all done, just leave. But I think great churches that have great people, they they prevent people like me from doing that. Uh, and this gentleman, as I was sitting down in the back, I was in an aisle seat so I could have my right leg shake freely and not be too constricted in the aisles. 
Uh, this gentleman came up to me. He was wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt. He had a, a some type of staff badge on, and we had just talked for a couple of minutes as I was sitting there in the back trying to be incognito. He was just a very nice guy. He was talking to me about the previous service and how he was able to maybe learn a few things about maybe how to make the second one better. Uh, he also shared with me that in checking the RSVPs, he noticed that a handful of Cameron's teammates were going to come to this service. And I perked up a little bit and was intrigued by maybe who that would be. And uh, I've thought for almost a month since this day happened, if I should share publicly who these athletes were, I've decided not to do it just because, again, I don't want people to think I was there and I was in packages because I was around Ohio State football players. And plus, that's not the point of the story. They, these teammates and athletes that came to support Cam, um, helped the day become special, but not for the reasons people that know me think it would. And, I, and I'll get to that. But I found out a little bit later that this gentleman that was greeting me and talking to me for a few minutes and told me about who else was attending from the Ohio State football team, that this was the lead pastor. Didn't know that. And I thought that was really neat that he is walking around the church and greeting people that he both knows and maybe, like myself, have never met. And we connected because we both kind of drive from further distances to get to this church and just a very, very nice guy. But as I mentioned, he told me that uh, a few of his teammates would be coming. So I'm sitting in the back and I'm, you know, I have some time to kill because I usually get to places early and I'm looking around to maybe see who these athletes are. Well, what was special for me was, and as one of my friends in my small group, she said, it sounds like after I told them the whole story, well, it sounds like you were in heaven. And I was like, it's pretty close because there were five of Cam's teammates there. Uh, two prominent uh, players and three players that I think are also still in the same position group. So the wide receiver room, but they all sat next to me, two of them, one of their girlfriends were in the row in front of me. And then three of them sat in the row next to me. And I was basically in the wide receiver room. So I thought that was cool just to, I don't know, have an experience that no one really gets to, to sit with guys that you watch every Saturday and cheer for and root for and and you're sitting next to them and, and you're sitting next to them in church. And the thing that I thought was moving, though, it's not that I was sitting next to these guys. It's how they um, acted and really uh, were moved by the entire service because for the first 30 minutes, it was just like a regular church service. Uh, one of the athletes who was with his girlfriend, he was in front of me and to my left, uh, he's singing each of the three songs and he's got his eyes closed and he's just, uh, he's invested and, and he was being touched. And it seems like this particular athlete uh, has a foundation in Christ and, and wants to have a relationship with God. And I thought that was cool to witness for myself. Uh, the other athlete that was sitting directly in front of me was the last to arrive uh, of everybody. I, I think he just wanted to make sure the attention wasn't on him, which I also thought was really special and really cool to witness. So again, it was neat for me to see all of this and be so close to this, but I was seeing it for a different reason. And I just, I loved what I was observing from, from these athletes. Uh, another one that was sitting directly to my left, 
uh, as the Martins were sharing their story, they had an offering uh, just to collect money for, for their great work. And as most churches do now, well, mine doesn't anymore, but they have baskets. And I just felt very called and very convicted that I, I had to give the cash that I had to these great people. And I thought it was neat that the the athlete to my left, uh, he threw in a 50. And that was touching to me because for me, I'm 34 and I'm pretty frugal and, and money's tight for a lot of us. And I'll be the first to admit when I have maybe a little bit extra money, I'm usually one to keep it and keep it for myself. And I thought it was very touching. I thought it was very cool to see and to witness this young kid who forget what you guys think out there about the NIL, whether you're for or against it. Uh, I got to see the good that this, this young athlete has $50 and that he was receptive to the story of the Martins touched by their story and then convicted enough to help them. And I, I thought that was so cool. So take out my thoughts on NIL. If you're wondering, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but you got to see that these kids, they're still kids, aren't just there for the money. They're not just there for their last name on their jersey and to promote their brand and to get to the league, which that's part of it, but there's more to them. And I think it's neat to see that. And I think it's important for me to relay that if any of you are jaded towards collegiate athletics right now. So there are some great kids on on this Ohio State team and not only great athletes, but it looks like a lot of them are uh, are faith-centered as well. So I think that was important to share. I also think it's important to share uh, how I was doing at the time when I got to this church. Uh, I don't think it was more than 24 hours after I was basically broken up with again uh, through a text. Um, side note, I think there's a manual out there that all women use to break up and hurt me the same way. Uh, they're running the same play, folks. Uh, at some point, you'd think I'd get a better defense to stop it. Uh, but it happened again, and I just wasn't doing great. Um Definitely didn't help the uh, the confidence or the lack thereof that I feel that I have. And frankly, it didn't really help the depression or my faith in God or my uh, the doubts that I might have had at that time. So that's just the honest truth. Uh, wasn't in the best place mentally and really wasn't that happy, frankly. But again, I think that's why I was able to be touched so much during that day because I needed something more. Uh, I realized it's I'm not doing a good job of running my life, and I needed God to to take over. So after I'm basically sitting in this wide receiver room and just like, man, this is this is unique. Uh, the band at church played a couple of songs, and the, the lead pastor uh, shared a little bit about the service and about their church, and then he welcomed Cam to the stage. And again, I don't have to go through his whole story because I hopefully – believe you guys know that by now but just to recap uh he said five acls he described recruiting he described he wasn't a huge fan of recruiting because he just wanted to play football uh he wasn't a big fan of the red carpet stuff and the flashy lights he's he's just an athlete he just wanted to play football and he wanted to when he was being recruited find a place that felt like home and that would be able to help him achieve what he was wanting to achieve this was a a highly recruited athlete in Cameron Babb, and he was still highly recruited despite having one ACL in high school. 
And Cam mentioned, and I didn't know this, that he's from St. Louis, and he was kind of inspired by Ezekiel Elliott, who also comes from St. Louis, and everyone knows the great story of Zeke. I would still argue that Cameron Babb's story is still one of the best all-time at Ohio State. And I think I've said this a couple times, and I wasn't sure of Cam's stat line in that game and in, in really his career. So I looked it up, and I was I was 100% right. Here is Cam's career stat line. One reception for eight yards and a touchdown. And I've said this before, I think that touchdown is up there with some of the best and most impactful touchdowns in Ohio State football history. And I don't say that to, you know, try to get people talking or say something I don't mean. I know a lot of people on radio and TV say a bunch of stuff just to get people riled up just for ratings. Uh, when I say something, I mean it. Uh, not to say that that's the best ever, but I think it should be talked about as one of the best touchdowns ever. Not because it was a game winner, uh, but didn't win us a national championship. It was against Indiana in the snow. The game was out of hand. The reason it's so great is the story that Cam shared on January the 29th and what it meant to him about overcoming and fighting and never quitting and trusting in God and really giving your life to Christ. That's why it's incredible. He's not going to be in the record books, but he should be remembered. And I, I truly think whether or not he had that touchdown, his story is still incredible. The touchdown is just God showing off. And I'm, I'm so glad he had that because this pastor told me, regardless of Cam scoring that touchdown or not, they had already had planned for Cam to come on that very day, January the 29th, and share his testimony. So they're watching that game, and they see Cam, him, this pastor, and his his family, and they're rooting for their guy, Cam. And I think the pastor said either he or his son or maybe both, when they saw Cam catch that touchdown, they, they choked up. And you can add me to that list, because I did too when I was in Virginia right before my grandma's viewing. So Cam's story is going to touch a lot of people. I truly believe as well, as I said about the touchdown being one of the most important and impactful. I also think Cam will be a pastor one day, and I think he's going to be a darn good one. Uh, I know since the last episode, he's accepted a job at Ohio State. I think he's going to touch and reach a lot of people there. But I truly think at some point he's going to find his way into a church, and he's going to be just excellent at, at leading people and leading people to Christ. So... What maybe a lot of people don't know, and this is what really touched me and was really the maybe the genesis of his faith and how he gave his life to Christ was after, and forgive me because I don't know what number ACL issue this was, but after one of them, I think it at least was the third, uh, he was talking to his coaches and uh, I think it was probably either, probably Ryan Day or Urban Meyer, I don't know, I don't remember which, but they told him, said, hey, Go home, go back to St. Louis where you're from, uh, talk it over with your family to just decide what you want to do. Do you want to continue to to fight this and come back and play football, or do you, do you want to go in another direction? And it sounds like the coaching staff was going to support him and his decision regardless and take care of him. And uh, So he was going to fly back to St. Louis, and he left campus on a day earlier in the, earlier in the day, I should say, and got to the airport here in Columbus. And for some weird reason, I don't even think he knew the reason, but uh, Cam had the correct ticket for the correct flight at the correct time with the correct airline and at the correct gate. 
But for some reason, they wouldn't let him on the plane. I don't know if it was full or if there was an issue. Some wires were crossed, but they just they said he couldn't go. They said, if you just go back um, to your dorm or go back to campus, come back later tonight for this flight, and we guarantee we'll have a spot. So Cam goes back, has some time to think. And on his way then back to the airport that same day, he gets an Uber. And this Uber driver and this airport issue was what really brought him to Christ. So Cam described how on the drive from campus to the Columbus airport, how he noticed this Uber driver had his Bible in the front. And I believe, if I remember correctly, there was Christian music in the car. So the two of them were just talking, and it went from just talking about Cam Babb, the football player, to Cam remembering him just sharing all kinds of things about what he's been going through uh, with this Uber driver. And the Uber driver obviously expressed to him that he was a Christian, and it sounded like they developed a friendship. And uh, later they were able to, the two of them, go to a church and really strengthen Cam's faith in Christ. But when this Uber driver got Cam to the airport, he asked Cam if he could pray with him and for him. And Cam thought that was just a little different, but he agreed to it. And then the Uber driver then asked, hey, would you mind if I put my hands on your knees and and prayed over not only Cam, but him and for his knees? And Cam again said it was maybe a little uncomfortable, but he also agreed. And as this Uber driver was praying for Cam, Cam just felt overwhelmed and and touched. And he just began to break down and cry. And he just truly felt the presence of Christ there in that Uber And after he got out of the Uber, the Uber driver got out. I think they exchanged information and uh, he said, hey, you can come to my church. And it just sounds like this Uber driver is just a great person and a great Christian. And it sounds like he was a a large part in Cam's, I guess, journey with God. But he, Cam, got out to to St. Louis and talked to uh, to his mom. And then I think whether her name, this is his grandmother, whether his grandmother's name is Gigi or that's just what they call her, uh, he described Gigi as just like the perfect like Christian grandmother or what you would think a Christian grandmother would be, that she's always going to pray and encourage you to do so. And so after conversations, Cam decided, hey, I'm going to continue with football. And uh, the Uber driver was a large part of just helping him after he got back, continue to maybe not only pursue football and his identity, but at the same time, continue to pursue Christ. So what I also thought really helped me relate to Cam's story was when he's thinking of maybe, I wouldn't say quitting football, but maybe just giving it up because it's just taking a toll on him both physically and mentally. Cam described it, it was very difficult for him to even think of the possibility of giving that up. Because when you get to that level, First of all, I can't speak from experience. I'm not to that level. But when you get to that level, that's really all you focused on for, I would argue, the majority of someone's life. And where I was able to relate to that was, I mean, I decided in seventh grade, I was 13 years old, that I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to call football and basketball games just like Paul Keels. I wanted to be the next Paul Keels. And when I had to think about giving up my dream and my goal and then had to end up doing that at 28. I think it's normal for someone like Cam or for someone like me to feel like you've lost your identity. 
as a person. And for some people, it's like, oh, no, there's so much more to you in your life than that. That's true. But when you focus on something and you go for that goal and you try to achieve it, and if you're there and then you have to give it up earlier than you expected, that that's tough to really process. And it's still tough sometimes for me to really be okay with the fact that I had to let that go. So I, I could relate to maybe what Cam was feeling and how difficult of a decision that was to even process the idea of giving up football. But after conversations and it sounds like prayer from Cam as well, he decided to continue to fight through it. And he felt he just had a higher calling to stick with football. And I, I think that's, that's excellent. And I, I think, I think he was right. But the other cool thing is, as we get to the touchdown, Cam then started to describe the moment. And he remembers getting in for that play. He remembers hearing the play and remembering that, you know, this play is designed for him. So he remembers lining up and he remembers as he's running his route, just thinking and praying as he's cutting, please just make sure my legs don't give out on me. So he's on the right side of the formation. He has to run like a little out uh, towards the pylon. So he has to plant on his left leg. That's the one he's got his brace on. And he was just praying the whole time, God, just make sure my leg <laughs> doesn't give out on me. And it didn't. And I think he said after he made his break, he doesn't remember much. He, he really doesn't remember really putting his hands out. He just kind of stuck them out. And the way he described it, he, you know, God just threw him the pass, which I kind of laughed at because CJ was the one that threw it to him. And CJ is a great Christian, in my opinion, and very outspoken about his faith. And, and he shares it so well. And I think that's what we're called to do. So Cam doesn't remember putting his hands out. He doesn't remember like thinking, oh, I got to catch this. He just caught it. And then everyone's hopefully by now seen the, the catch, but more so, and I wouldn't call it a celebration. I think it's more of just being grateful and thankful and honoring the God that Cam serves. But what he did describe was what went through his mind after he caught it. And what went through his mind took him back to the day where he, I guess, was listening to Christian music in the shower. And he just got down on both knees in the shower and gave his life to Christ right there. Both knees. And he just gave his life to Christ. And it was just in a very like reverent position. You know, in, in church, you see when you're on your knees, that's that's a reverence, that's a respect, and that's just giving your life up. And Cam's first thought was, I need to thank God for this moment, but I also want to make him known to everybody else in this moment. I thought that was so neat. So he gets down on two knees and he said, just like he was in the shower and he basically thanked God and prayed that he would be able to touch other people's lives in this moment. And he did. He touched mine. I think he touched a lot of others. And I think, and I've said this before, I think you have to give a lot of credit to his teammates for giving him the space to just have that moment, him and God. When that moment then was done, his teammates, as you can tell, rightfully so, they were all so happy and proud of and just celebrating him in that moment because he deserved it. And it was so cool to see everybody on that team celebrate Cameron Babb. Offensive guys, defensive guys, seniors, Guys that weren't even dressed. It was it was special. It really was special. But I also think it's very 
I think it's important to bring up that the referees, <laughs> for once, stayed out of the moment. You know, you can talk about the referees in the last couple of Super Bowls and how bad they've been. But these referees, if they didn't know the story, you have to give them even more credit for not throwing an excessive celebration flag. It's just sometimes, folks, it's best to just stay out of the way. So I applaud the referees so much in that moment just to allow Cam to have that moment, him and Christ, so he can touch everybody. We don't remember if, if they threw a flag. That flag would overshadow the moment, and all we would be talking about is the flag. So props to those referees in that game for allowing the moment to be Cameron Babb and his faith and the beauty and the great the greatness of Christ. So that's what really stuck out to me. But then where the day really turned special, uh, Cam prayed at the end for probably, I would say, 10 minutes, personally. I, I don't remember how long it was, but... If you're not uh, aware of maybe how prayer goes in the church, I would I would assume nine times out of ten, almost I would say ten times out of ten, you're called to bow your head and close your eyes and to just pray and to listen to whoever's leading the prayer or maybe even pray yourself if you feel called. But on some occasions during prayer, the pastor or the leader of prayer will try to move people to just have the Holy Spirit come to you or just have some type of motion or gesture or posture in your life to to have God come into your life. And, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of something more, and I'm not in control, and I want to give my life to Christ the way Cam did uh, in the shower. But a lot of the time, the way you do that and the way you kind of express that want or that desire is to raise your hand. So towards the end of Cam's prayer, he basically said, for anyone out there that uh, wants the Holy Spirit to come into their heart and wants God to be more part of their life to raise your hand. And as a former Catholic, that's always been somewhat uncomfortable for me. And it's a little bit of a, a leap of faith to do that because you're wondering who's going to see me. And I don't want to be noticed. I just want to get in and get out. But, uh, you know, in the Catholic church, you're always, I was always felt you were taught to sit up straight. Don't move. Don't sneeze. Don't even look to your left or right. Stand up when you're supposed to stand up, sit down when you're supposed to sit down, and then leave when you're supposed to leave. But my hand went up. I I couldn't have stopped my hand from going up. And when I've done that in the past, I've always kind of hoped for, like a lot of people say, I, I heard God speak to me in my dream last night, or I was just told to read this Bible verse, or I saw him at the supermarket, or whatever they say. And I've never had one of those uh, experiences or maybe just connections that deep before. And I've always kind of wanted one. And after all that's kind of happened over the last, oh, I don't know, probably a year, maybe since COVID, really, uh, I was like, man, I could, I could really go for something. You know, I'm, I'm going to put I, my hands up, but man, I could really go for something just to know that the prayers that I've prayed and, and the hurt that I'm feeling isn't ignored and and not seen and then you know god sends this gentleman i guess to uh as i'm put my hand up this gentleman just comes up behind me and puts his hand on my right shoulder and is, is praying with me the whole rest of cam's prayer and that i was already in tears and that that just broke me down it was extremely special to me and moving because i i felt like that was god in a way 
And I've always wanted to, when you're called to put your hand up, I've always kind of wanted to open my eyes and look up to see who's been moved by the message or by the prayer or by the music, just to see how God is working and, and who he's reaching. But I never do because I, I do think that's personal and private and it's not my business. But when it was me that was having someone's hand on my shoulder, I wanted to know who this, I maybe just call it angel was. So I just kind of looked towards my shoulder to see maybe who this person was. And it was a gentleman, but his head was bowed and he was just wearing a white sweatshirt and like a dark coat. That's really all I had. I'm like, well, this, this is going to be difficult, uh, but I, I would like to talk to this person. So after Cam's prayer was done and I wiped the tears and I started scanning the church trying to figure out where this person was or who this person was, and I, I couldn't find this person. I was like, oh, man, well, if that wasn't a real person, then I really have a story to tell. And I, I just couldn't find him. But what was interesting after that, as I told you, I was kind of sitting in a wide receiver room was there, as I said, a couple of prominent receivers there. And this one, probably like early 20s kid, I think he, he might have been special needs, came up to this player and he's like, hey, you're one of my favorites. Would you mind if you signed? I think it was like a hat. And he was he was very nice and very just sincere and genuine and he just handled himself very well because i would have to think after a while it's tough to always be just bombarded for for autographs but after this uh this younger guy left there was just a bunch of kids <laughs> that came up around me to to have stuff signed i don't think one kid had a mini helmet which was a nice mini helmet by the way and then a couple others just had like note cards and just little things to have them sign and just witnessing how this athlete interacted with the young kids was also very touching and very special to me. He's very kind, very welcoming. Just, he was just good with the kids. He was excellent. And it was, I just sat there and I just watched and it was really cool just to see the kids and how their day was made because they might not have been old enough to be impacted by Cam's story, but they were impacted by how this other teammate of Cam's treated them. And that was cool for me to witness as well. But remember, I had a couple of photos and I was a lot of the time before the service started and then after this prayer was done, I'm like, what can I have this guy sign? Like, this is this is a unique opportunity. I need him to sign something. And I remembered that most of our photos that we ship out have cardboard backings to them. And the cardboard backing that I had for my Cameron Babb 11 by 14 photo, I had two of them. I had an 11 by 14 and an 8 by 10. I was hoping to have the 8 by 10 for a friend of mine. But the 11 by 14 backing, I remembered on the back of it was gray with the Ohio State stripe on it. I'm like, ooh, that's a nice little gift from God there. So I politely asked him, I said, hey, I, I know you're busy, but would you mind signing this for me? He goes, absolutely. Would you like me to sign it here? Yes, please. Signed it. I thanked him. And then and then he left. And it was just neat to, to have that experience. Again, I wasn't there for the autographs. I didn't know he was going to be there, I promise you. Um but I just thought it was it was okay to ask. So after this experience, and I, I got the signature, I went back up and spoke to, now I knew, was the lead pastor. And again, I just thanked him. I, I thanked him for hosting. I thanked him for 
just how special the day was, both with Cam and and the Martins, and it was just a great day. And I also, as I mentioned, I, I thank Kristen before I talked to the pastor and told her about her family that I would be praying for them, and she gave me the pups, and it's a great pups. I named the pups Cam, as I mentioned. Uh, so I go into this line to go meet Cameron Babb, and I've already been overwhelmed, so I'm not thinking the most clear, but I'm standing in line and just trying to like process how great of a day it's already been. And this lady comes up to me and I had my photos already out because I was prepared to uh, meet Cam and just have him sign and not fumble around with stuff and take up too much of his time. And this lady came up to me and she goes, oh my God, sir, that is just the, the best photo. I absolutely love that photo. She goes, I've seen it before. I just have never been able to actually like find it. Like, where did you get this? I told her, I said, well, yeah, I, I work in sports memorabilia. Uh, I've had this passion hobby uh, for, for a long time. And every time I see a photo, I make sure the resolution is good. I save it on my phone and I print it out when I can, just in case. She goes, oh, my, my son loves Cam. He would absolutely love that photo. Can you tell me where I can get that? Or could you like send me the photo so I can print one off for him? I'm like, here. And I just gave her the 8 by 10 because uh, a friend of mine couldn't show up and I was Frankly, I was going to have them both signed for me, and I, I felt that was selfish. And after all of the unselfishness that I was able to witness throughout the first hour of this of this day, I just felt it would just be really hypocritical of me if I wasn't the one to be unselfish and help someone and make someone else's day. And I just, without even thinking, I just I gave her the 8x10 photo. I said, here, take this. If you want to get it signed, I have a Sharpie. You can use it. Uh, but yeah, give it to your son. And she was happy. And it's nice to see when you can help someone or, or make them happy, how happy you feel and how good you feel. And it was nice just to, to give that away and not think twice about it. And I was very happy. I was able to do that for her because it is a great photo. And I think the photo is more than just a piece of paper to have signed. I think there's a lot more behind it. So I get up to, I guess the head of the line here to meet Cam and He's just the most genuine and inviting and just welcoming human being that I, I think I've ever met from an athlete perspective. Uh, he's up there with like the JT Barrett's of the world. Uh, he, he's just so excellent. He's so well-spoken. Um, I'm telling you, folks, he's going to be a pastor. I, I truly think he's going to be a pastor and a really good one. And I just wanted to let him know one, that I wasn't there for the autograph. I was truly there for his story and how much his testimony really moved me. And he made me feel like I wasn't rushed to just get out of line. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm really glad I could help. And and I just told him, I said, I just want to let you know, like your touchdown, I was in Virginia right after my grandma passed and watching your touchdown just helped me like power through a rough couple of months. And I uh, told him about just kind of fighting depression and just struggling with a lot of stuff. And the coolest, I think, part about it was I had the photo and I also had a little post-it with a Bible verse that I wanted to at least have him write on the photo for me and then have him sign it. That was the goal. So I just asked him, I said, hey, could you write this Bible verse down? And it's uh, Philippians 4.13. And if you don't know it, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength or who strengthens me, depending on what version you're reading. So he signs that on the bottom left of the photo, uh, both the verse and then obviously Philippians 4.13 underneath. 
But then Cam on his own, after me telling him kind of just what I was going through and how I was touched by his story and what it did for me above the Bible verse, he on his own says, or he writes, I should say on the, on the 11 by 14 praying for you, Matt. And then he, and then he signs the photo. It, it was just a very moving experience to meet him. And he's like, Hey, would you, would you like to get a photo? You can even have this, this image in the phone. I'm like, absolutely. And I, Got a photo with them, but as I gave my phone to this younger girl who was working there, she then gave it to this gentleman. And I looked to see who the gentleman was, and the guy's wearing a white sweatshirt with like a darker coat. I'm like, oh, that that's the guy. That's that's the guy I think that that prayed with me. So after I again thanked Cam and, and kind of let him meet the next person, I just went up to this gentleman. And I said, Hey, any chance or by chance were you the one that prayed with me during the end of Cam's story and, and his prayer. He goes, yeah, absolutely. That was me. And I, I simply said, thank you. And, and I kind of told him why I told him just how tough the previous day was maybe the last couple of months. And that, you know, I've just, I've had some dark days and I've kind of discussed depression and uh, the way I was describing it to him, you could see he was getting a little choked up and, he goes, I, I just got to tell you, like what you've said really hits home with me because I've I've felt the same way. He goes, I've had some dark days as well, and it just it kind of hits home with me. And he goes, if you ever need anything, here's my number. We exchange phone numbers. Uh, we're still in the process of trying to meet. I think his work has kept him from us at least doing that, but we we definitely will. Uh, but I found out his name was Jordan, and it was neat that he was just giving me encouragement. I was still overwhelmed by the whole day. And it, it was just nice through that whole day to feel and to really, truly feel that that you're not alone. And I think that goes back to what I was concerned with Dwayne Haskins. Remember how I said the, the smile and the handshake? I hope it was genuine. I hoped, I prayed that that was. I, I believe it was for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but I also know the other side of it where Harry Miller was was not doing well. And for him, it, life was really difficult. And he felt he was alone, but he was also able to speak with the right people, one of those being Ryan Day. And again, I truly believe in my heart, Ryan Day helped save Harry Miller's life. But it was it was nice for me to know that with all the the crud, we'll keep it clean today, for all the crud that I've had to go through here just recently that I wasn't alone and that I felt that I wasn't alone. And this, this gentleman by the name of Jordan really sealed the deal for me to let me realize that it's okay to not be okay. And you are not alone. And there are other people out there that are, that are struggling too. And that's what the Martin's message is about. That's what Cam's message is about. And that's how Jordan was able to maybe be touched by both of them as well. And it was really neat to be able to feel his hand on my shoulder, to feel I wasn't alone, but then to find him and to talk to him and realize that we were going through kind of the same stuff. I think the thing that really hit it all home for me at the end was this, that remember how I told you I was sitting in basically the wide receiver room. And when I was talking to Cam, uh, he's like, yeah, I, I think uh, you were sitting behind uh, his teammate. Again, I'm keeping the names anonymous he goes yeah I, I saw you back there and um but as i was sitting back there jordan 
said, he goes, I just want to let you know that, you know, you're not alone in this. And if you ever need anything, let me know. But he goes, you also weren't the only one that raised your hand when, when Cam asked if anyone was called to do so to do it. He goes, this athlete that was sitting directly in front of me also raised his hand. And again, to me, it's just so cool because uh, my good buddy, Dan Eisenhower, when I was a freshman in college, we were friends. Uh, we were, I think it was technically sophomore year, excuse me. We were both in the same major. Dan's a great guy, one of, one of just the, the best guys you can meet. But we were in the same Bible class together, and I'd never really been around people that were open and willing to share their faith. And this big defensive lineman and big Dan Eisenhower knew the Bible back to front. He knew all the answers to the questions, and he was citing verses. And I'd never seen that before, and it always left a great impression on me. And I think it's neat to see these larger-than-life athletes genuinely wanting to have God in their life because you just think I just think I'm not going to say you guys think I just think that a lot of them just want the money they just want the fame and they want the touchdowns and it's really neat to see this one athlete and his girlfriend moved by the music and singing along and and the athlete to my left throwing a 50 into the offering plate for the Martins and what and way to battle and then this other athlete in front of me sitting there and being moved by Cam's story and by Brady's story. And he wants he wants what Cam found, and he wants a relationship with Christ, and he wants the Holy Spirit to come into his life. But the thing that was cool to me hearing Jordan tell me that was he goes, and I just went directly to you. And I, that just, to me, that just hit a little different because if I'm being completely honest— if I'm Jordan and Jordan is me and Jordan sitting behind this athlete, maybe this is an indictment on myself. I would just think a lot of people would go to this athlete. I would be one of them. Like, oh, look at that guy. I've seen him before. I'm going to go pray with him. Maybe afterwards, you know, you just think about yourself. And Jordan just said he felt called to come and pray with me. And I hope someone was there for this athlete i i don't feel that i'm better than this athlete because i was uh, prayed with by jordan i just felt it was neat to feel seen and acknowledged and that i wasn't alone and it was just cool to hear that this athlete also wanted the same thing that i wanted and our hands are both up and that's that's just really cool to me it's very moving and it's very special so how I want to end this is to kind of sum up and, and really just give you the reason why I wanted to share this. And I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning. I just really, I hate to hear or to see that people might feel the same way I felt or feel. I hate that because I know how that feels and I don't like knowing that people that I care about Feel the way I feel. I, I've told a good friend of mine, I said, don't be like Brew. You can be like me in certain ways, but I, I really don't want people to be like me because I it's been tough for a little bit a little bit of time. And I, I just don't want people to go through that. I it'd be nice that if maybe at some point I don't have to go through it as well, but I just don't want a lot of people to experience that. So if you are like Jordan. And with anything that I've said, you can relate to. I am more than willing and more than happy if you reach out to me to do what I can to help you out. 
you're struggling in any area, you feel lost, you feel stuck, like Chris said in the last episode, you don't have to stay there. Uh, it's very difficult to not stay there and get stuck. And speaking from personal experience, sometimes you really just don't have the energy to find a way out of getting stuck. It's really easy to get stuck. But I think the thing that you have to do at some point is to get whatever energy you have. If you got 20%, give your 20% and use that 20% to talk to somebody. Whether it's a friend, family member, if it gets really tough, I would say even a professional. The second thing, and I'll just be very honest with you on this, is I think it's normal for everyone to feel down and they get into tough spots and you just go through ups and downs in life. That That's life. But for some people, it seems like a lot of your life is just the down. And for others, it gets so down that you just don't feel like there's a way out. Uh, I would strongly urge you to listen to this and just remember that there is always a way and you have a purpose and you just have to continue to fight. You have to be like Cameron Babb. You have to be like Carrie Miller. You have to be like Brady Martin. You have to continue to fight. I've never gotten to the point where I was maybe in a dark place like Harry Miller was, which I'm I'm grateful for. Uh, where I've gone to is I've always wondered when I'm gone if people would miss me or if they would remember a couple years down the road that I'm not here. If they would be affected by my absence. that That's where I think. And I, I shared that with my therapist, I think, a month ago. And she told me something that I think I should share to you and then I'll then I'll be done today and uh, we'll talk to you on a less serious note in two weeks but she shared something with me that i think if nothing else that i've said here you can connect to maybe this will help she said for anyone that's kind of going through maybe depression or sadness or anxiety or anything that's just not uh, the easiest to go through she says that it's common and and maybe even to an extent normal to have thoughts of maybe the world would be better off without me. Um, that kind of caught my attention because that to me sounds very severe. Uh, but I kind of thought that the way I just described it. Uh, but it, it caught my attention. But it also caught my attention because she said it sounds common and normal, which to me it doesn't. But she's probably heard a lot and a lot of people may have said something similar to that. But what I'm about to say next is please listen. Um if you've thought that, know that you're not alone, because I've, I've thought that before. But where it becomes urgent and where you really need to step out and speak to someone immediately or call a professional or, or somebody, call the suicide prevention hotline or whatever the case, you, you need to do it and you need to do it immediately. But she said, whenever you have those thoughts and they go from just thoughts to how can I execute and maybe plan for the world to be better off without me, that's when it becomes serious. So I'll say that again just to make it hopefully clear. Um, she says it's common and maybe normal for people that are going through tough times, depression, anxiety, what have you, to think that maybe the world is better off without me. But when you start thinking about or trying to plan or execute a plan to make the world a better place without you, that's when you need to 
to stop and you need to talk to somebody. And it sounds like from the way Harry Miller described his story that that that's where it was for him. And he did just that. He had counselors at Ohio state. He even felt comfortable enough to talk to Ryan day, which God love Ryan day. Um, and I, I think that's what I, how I want to end this is as great of a day as January the 29th was for me. I think that's the the message and the point I want to push across here is I was not, I was not doing great. I was not happy. I was frustrated. I was angry. I had my doubts. And then despite my doubts and my struggles and, you know, the sin nature that we all possess, God sent Cameron Babb, this pastor, the Martin family, this lady I gave the photo to, Jordan, and everyone else that was there, the the wide receiver room, as I've called them. And he's like, just keep fighting. And he's not going to forget me, despite the times that I've turned my back on him. So if you're feeling alone or if you're feeling like you can't figure out your way out, there is a way. And the way is at church. The way is through the Bible. And he's just not going to let you go. You could go your whole life and you want nothing to do with him. But if your heart is turned and it is moved in the right direction towards him, open arms and he's going to be there. And I, I just hope, I truly hope that no one can relate to what I've said. And if you do, you can reach out to me or I would strongly recommend maybe reaching out to a therapist or find someone at a church or even go to church and just see what God can do to you. And and maybe he wouldn't uh, reach you through Ohio State football like he did to me. I think that's what overwhelms you the most is one of the things that I always worry that I put over him, and that's Ohio State football and maybe memorabilia. That's how he got me closer to him. He works in mysterious ways. So... I would just strongly urge you that if you've connected to anything here, continue to fight. You're not alone. Reach out to somebody. And if it gets really bad, can seriously, um, call, contact someone immediately. And you, you just have a reason for being here. And I, I just hope that Cameron Babb's story can reach someone the way it has touched me. So whether it's Cameron Babb or Jordan or these receivers or the Martins or anything, uh, I hope any of the last probably hour that I've spoken can help somebody else. That That's really the whole point of this. And I think it's pretty special that God touched me and, and kind of brought me back in a little bit closer to him through Ohio State football. He will find a special way to reach you if you're feeling lost or distant from him, too. So believe that. Uh, again, a special thank you goes out to uh, Gateway Church and Cameron Babb and Jordan and the Martins. And it was just a special day. And I hope uh, hope a lot of people out there that are listening that might be feeling the same way I felt can have a special day of theirs, too. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. A special thank you to Cameron Babb and Jordan. I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep.
Until next payday, cheers. <laughs>